Captain's Log, Stardate 7590290 The crew of Lone Star Station has responded to a call from Earth to host an arena for three alien species to meet and engage in diplomatic talks. Representatives from Starfleet Command are en route to this momentous event. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to Ingenuity. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the Captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me is my dear friend, Lieutenant Commander Eric, who has just returned from Shuttle Pod 14 after being stuck in space, a lot like Lieutenant Commander David. Yeah, I was I was stuck, you know. Sometimes there's, you think space is big, right? Right, exactly. And there would just be room for everybody. Right. But sometimes it gets crowded, mm. and there is space traffic. Yeah, yeah. And it is annoying. Isn't it? God, <laughs> I hate very that. annoying. hate that. Yeah, Eric had to uh, go on a brief mission um, uh, a brief transfer, I should say, to the USS Show Me, and um, <laughs> and anyways, on his way back, like stuff happened, like it was a series of hijinks and questionable calls that landed him in Shuttle Pod 14, but he made it back, um, even though he had to deal with space traffic. So I'm glad you made it back. Thank you for making it back from the Show Me and back home to us. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. So man, no, but in all in all seriousness, yeah. like I hate traffic. You know, I was on I was on a road trip, and man, oh man, do I hate traffic. It's mm-hmm. so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you ever get pre annoyed? Like um. you're not annoyed. You're not annoyed yet, <laughs> but you know you're gonna be annoyed later. So you're like pre annoyed. Like it's it's anticipatory annoyance. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Maybe I might have experienced that once or twice in my life. It's like, it's like, why do you always hit the major cities right at the perfect time where there's traffic? Exactly, exactly. Like, like I got to Austin, which is not that far away from here, and it was like a two-hour traffic jam. And I was like, and I was just like looking at my watch, and I'm like, I'm gonna get to Austin at like five thirty. So wait, hold on, Eric. Was this was I, I it was it Austin? That was gonna be. Was it Austin or was it Round Rock? Because Round Rock is notoriously bad. I think it was Austin. Okay, man. But it's like I just was just looking at my watch. Like I'm gonna get to Austin at like five thirty. It's right at the worst time. Yeah. Like and I'm like oh, I'm annoyed already. So so check this out. So not it wasn't like pre like preloaded you know in the barrel annoyance like you're talking about. But whenever I was moving to Texas uh, from the Mitten, um, I, gosh, when did I leave? I think I, like, left our old town um, at, like, maybe 7.38 in the morning that particular day. And I think I'd stopped, I would stop, like, every, like, four-ish hours, maybe, to gas up and use the facilities. And I remember... It had to have been like between five and six. Maybe it was like right around five thirty. But I had saw, I I had hit Nashville, and uh, Nashville man, mm. traffic. That's a nose goes right there. <laughs> to all our Nashville listeners, I'm sorry, but you know it's true. Yeah. Okay. It was a true. It was a true. <laughs> I mean, tur- it, was a true tur- like- it was a true turd nugget of of like perfect timing. Or not perfect timing, whatever. Yeah, absolute wrong timing. <laughs> it was the wrong worst time. And like, I can't remember how far away um, Nashville so is from Memphis. You, why were you driving? If you were leaving Michigan to go to Texas, why were you driving to Nashville? I was going through Nashville <laughs> to get to um, Memphis. That seems like a weird way to try to get to Texas. I don't know. I just plug things in. Um, okay. My mom had uh, like uh, 
points or whatever, and she got me like a hotel in in Memphis. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So that's why. I mean, I went like Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah, that would be right. Yeah. So I went that way instead of going through uh, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Because I think the Kentucky path was preferred by them as opposed to going to Missouri. So. Okay. But Fair. yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean. I feel like there's like more of a story there besides like 5:30 in Austin, but you know we'll we'll, we'll leave it alone. No, oh, that, that was it. Man. Okay, it was just awful. All right. Well, yeah, you were you were on your your little road trip up to uh, up to Missouri doing your thing there for a few days, but um, I haven't. Gosh, I haven't talked to you really besides like a few texts here and there. Um, in like since the last time we recorded um, um, episode four of Strange New Worlds, not episode five. So, I mean, besides yeah. that, like, what's been going on in your world, dude? Uh, you know, it's it's the summer. Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. Right? <laughs> you know, the school school year's over. Survived survived middle school, right? Yeah, man. Moving on, moving on to to teaching high schoolers next year. Eric is I finally going to high school. school. I know. I graduated middle school, up up to high school. Man. Yeah. I'm proud of you, dude. Good job. <laughs> I'm proud of myself, dude. <laughs> you made um, it. Yeah, I made it. Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, did all the things that people, you know, did in the in the time since we last, you know, watched the Stranger Things, watched the Obi Wan, mm-hmm. right? You know, I did not realize the boys just came out last week. Yeah, man. Yeah, and now the Orville season three. Like, there's like oh. so much streaming stuff that I have to put in the rotation now, and I'm like, this is wild. But we actually just finished uh, Moon Knight not too long ago, actually. Okay, I haven't watched any of those Disney Plus TV series. Okay, none of them. Okay, all right. Well, is Moon Knight any good? It's it's pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't. Okay. It hasn't been my favorite, but it's it's pretty decent. I mean, it's got freaking Poe Dameron in it, you know. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, he does he does a really good job, like, uh, with his portrayal. So, um, as the main as the main character. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty decent. Ethan Hawke is in it, by the way. Oh, okay, I like Ethan Hawke. There you go. Yeah, Ethan Hawke, um, basically is the the main baddie. So um, it's it's a fun little tit for tat kind of thing that that happens in like the little six episode season they do. Which are we gonna just like okay, Eric? I need to go there for just a second. I know we're not talking Strange New Worlds today, but you know, over the last I don't know how many years, we've gone from seasons being twenty plus episodes to being like fifteen episodes to being. 10 episodes and now we're getting six episode seasons eric are we ever going to get a season where it's just one episode because like i'm ready for it like i'm just ready for like these diminishing return kind of things going on you know like with like our with you know seasons just getting shorter and shorter i'm ready for a one episode season well i mean there have been some like bloated run times on some like you know when game of thrones decided to do what six or seven episodes in mm-hmm. its last season. Mm-hmm. They, like, extended the runtime on them. I know, like, Sons of Anarchy did that in its final season, and I would I would actually list Sons of Anarchy as the perfect example of how not to end a show, like, okay. of, like, a, ter- of a terrible final season. Okay. But, like, those episodes went on forever, it seemed like, but they didn't reduce the run count, so it was still, like, 13 episodes, but they were all, like, an hour and a half, and it just, it just rambled. On. That's a conversation we can have another day. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, but like even like Stranger Things, like you know the the the, the last episode is like gonna be like two and a half hours. I know, man. I know <laughs> it's freaking Lord of the Rings almost. <laughs> I think, but a one episode that's just a that's just a movie, right? I mean, yeah. Okay, you, did you ever watch that show Sense8 on Netflix? No. It was created by the Wachowskis and J. Michael Straczynski, who is the creator of Babylon 5. No, I haven't watched it. I okay, think, well, it, I think, it's um, over now. Wasn't um, Freema Adjaman in it? 
Yes, she was. Okay, then I probably need to watch it because I and, loved her uh, in Doctor it, Who. You know, it's, uh, um, the guy from Lost, right? The guy that played Saeed was in it. Wasn't yeah, the guy who played Saeed. Uh, the one of the one of the people he was. Uh, he was on Stargate Universe, the Lieutenant. I, I watched Will like James, one. Will, yeah. Okay. I watched like one or two episodes of Universe. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, but like it got it got um canceled after its second season, but the second season ended on a cliffhanger, and it got like enough support to bring back a revival, for like, but the one revival was like a two and a half hour movie. Mm. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the future of television is no television. Just yeah, but you know, like, British television shows are only like four, five, six episodes. That's like the norm. So, Doctor Who, which I know you haven't seen, uh, whenever the the revival or whatever, the continuation of Doctor Who happened in 2005, which has been going on ever since, um, those seasons were... Um, about a dozen episodes. Give yeah, or I'm take. talking about like something like like you know like all those like detective shows that you watch, like the Luther with Idris Elba. Okay. Sherlock. Right? Sherlock. Yeah. But the Sherlock episodes are are long, you know, longer. <laughs> oh my gosh, are they longer? <laughs> yeah. We started watching. I remember we started watching one at like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Um. A, a while ago it was when we were in like one of our older apartments and we were like man is this episode ever gonna end and then we like pause it and we're like oh okay it was like what an <laughs> hour and 40 or something like that I think yeah was, they're like all mini movies the yeah Sherlock's. yeah pretty much which Stephen Moffat um, is is one of the you know executive producers of it who was also the um, showrunner slash executive producer on um, Doctor Who uh, when you get to the Matt Smith years. So Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi years. Not that that means anything yet, but there you go. Okay. Oh, man. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, we we recently um, went to um, a baseball game and um, uh, had some really good seats, um, except for the fact that where we were and like you know like I don't know if you know like if you've like been to like a, a ballpark recently or not um, not recently but like whenever you like buy tickets some most of the time I would say like they kind of give you like a preview of like your seat and kind of like where it is like in respect to the field orientation or whatever so I'm like great this is fantastic and we get there and there's like this little you know like this overhang or whatever, and it's like blocking like the jumbotron, like where all like the stuff is, like the like you can where you see like balls, strikes, outs, and like all the you know in-game fun stuff or whatever. And I'm like, dang. But they were good seats, so except for that. But um, it was against the Rangers and the Mariners, and um, no, we lost. I was a sad panda. I was a sad panda, Eric. Sorry. I died a little on the inside. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Well, enough of that. You wanna you wanna get going and talk, Trek? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, everyone. Alright, well, here we are. Getting ready to talk some Trek. Uh, this week, um, or this particular episode, I should say, um, as we go into, you know, discussing some some Star Trek content, some Star Trek lore of sorts. Uh, we're kind of taking it back to the original show, the show that started it all, um, Star Trek 1966, and um, or original series, depending on what you want to call it. And Stands for TOS, those old scientists. Those old scientists, baby. Those old scientists. And, um, you know, one of the things that um, I know, we, you know, us two or three have, have talked about um, at times is like, you know, wanting to do more um, original series stuff. And um, Eric has been kind of vocal about that in ways. So we uh, we we got to to talking, and Eric, you know, gave some ideas, and one of the ideas was to talk about Arena. And I know that Arena hold is a very 
special episode for him um, because like that was essentially his entry into Star Trek once upon a time um, and we did talk about that um, a little bit so if you go back to uh, a very early episode uh, I think it's like episode 9 that sounds right of this of this podcast called Very Old Friends he kind of talks about that but um, in the event that you don't really want to go all the way back to the early early single digit episodes um, I want to just take a little bit of time and kind of like touch on that like a little bit um, so knowing that you've already talked about it a little bit Eric um, tell us tell, tell us you know the, the listeners and, and me your very old friend um, what is so special about this particular episode of Star Trek for you this uh, uh, the season one TOS episode arena yeah well <clears throat> It traces back to the fact that, you know, my dad was uh, 13 years old when Star Trek first premiered, right? And so, you know, when a show like that would, you know, capture the imagination of of 13-year-old my dad, right? Right. Um, And just science fiction in general really captured his imagination. You know, if he was 13 when Star Trek premiered, he would have been, what, 24 when Star Wars came out, um... You know, he was, you know, he was a teenager when Dune first came out. I, mm. he had, I, I have it now, but he bought it then. Uh, first, a first printing of the book Dune, like the oh, wow. very first printing, you know, when in 1965, when it came out, I, I have it in my closet right now. Um, it's not in great shape because it's been read a bunch of times, but, but uh, yeah, you know, you know, science fiction at, you know, captures the imagination of of young 13 year old my dad and science fiction has captured my imagination when I was when I was a kid too and um, you know it was my dad who got me into science fiction Um, we would watch you know late night reruns of of Star Trek Um, I I distinctly remember watching Trouble with Tribble whatever TV Land or I don't know if TV Land existed back in the early 90s or not but no, TV Land wasn't a thing until, like, 96, I think. Okay, well, whatever channel yeah. played late-night reruns, and I remember Trouble with Tribbles, Piece of the Action, and some other episodes. Um, but, like, <clears throat> Arena, I distinctly remember Arena was the first episode that I ever watched of Star Trek. And it, it sticks out to me because I guess this would have had to be in, like, 1994, Okay. Because I had already seen Jurassic Park, right? Jurassic Park came out in 93, and I had yeah. already seen that. And there was that, you know, there was, that, do you remember that television show, Dinosaurs? Yeah, like not the, the mama, comedy. not the mama. Not, not the mama, not, yeah, yeah, that. And and then there was that, I don't know if you remember this, just a, I guess it's a terrible cartoon, but it, it was interesting back in the day. It was called Dino Riders. I don't remember that. I thought you were going to say Reboot, which I never got to see. Oh, I remember, I remember Reboot, yeah. Reboot but, wasn't terrible. No, I've. I, anyway, keep going. Keep going. Anyway, Dino Riders is like a group of like two different warring factions, like somehow traveled back in time to prehistoric Earth, and to help them fight each other, they like put like computer armor on these dinosaurs, and they were the Dino Riders. Huh. Anyway, I remember watching and liking that cartoon back in the day, so I was like. I was, like, into dinosaurs. Okay. Like, you know, Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs TV shows, Dino Riders. As you should and be. And so, right, yeah, dinosaurs are cool. That's right. Right? I remember my, my grandparents got a computer, right? Home, like, in the early 90s. They got a home computer. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. And there was this, like, dinosaur color game where you could, like, it was almost like just like paint, but here was like a picture of a dinosaur, and you could click on the color and the paint, the fill, and it would color the dinosaur. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, like, I mean, that was cool back in the early 90s. For I'm sure. sure kids today are like, that seems really boring and dumb. Congratulations, you know how to use a paint bucket. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, anyway, I like dinosaurs, and that's why, like, Arena really stood out to me, and why I remember it as being, like, the first episode of Star Trek I I ever watched, because, like, we get this this reptile thing that Kirk starts fighting, and, you know, to a 
what a seven-year-old little boy. I'm still looks like a dinosaur. That's right. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's fighting a dinosaur in the desert. How cool! <laughs> that's like my dad's like, that's not a dinosaur, that's an alien. An alien? How cool! <laughs> <laughs> there are aliens that look like dinosaurs. Because you know, what? I had seen. I, I I'm pretty sure I'd seen ET already at that point. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many other like alien things I had seen, but I know I'm pretty sure I'd seen ET, right? Right. So it's like an alien? How cool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's always like stuck with me over the years, and you know, we watching those late night reruns with my dad, and then you know when Voyager started, he was like, new Star Trek show. And then you know he took me to see in 1997. He took me to see the special edition Star Wars in the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. Right, they came out like one every month in that in that year. Yeah. And then yeah, <clears throat> and then I mean you know he's my dad's passed away, but yeah. you know I, I just have a you know strong affinity for science fiction and Star Trek you know because of him. Yeah. And it all stems back to the fact that you know he was you know 13 when star trek premiered yeah like, captured his imagination yeah yeah dinosaur in a little little tank top little unitard or whatever it's called i don't even know <laughs> but but yeah more more on more on arena here in, in just a little bit but <clears throat> yeah the i think every young boy probably 90% of 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 young boys young children just go gaga over over dinosaurs. I mean, I feel, I feel like it's like a rite of passage. Like with with your childhood, you have to like have something to do with dinosaurs. And um, you know, like the early '90s, it was like really hitting that sweet spot for us. Like you said, like with dinosaurs, like the TV show. Like um, my father-in-law will will sometimes even say stuff to used to say stuff to Elena, and still kind of says stuff to uh, my son. You know, like not the mama, not the mama. Like he'll just do that to like get make them laugh or whatever. But yeah, Jurassic Park, and then eventually, um, you know, we had Lost World, and I remember all like the, um, what was it like the the candy bars, all like the t- the the stuff that came out like around the time of of Lost World even, like the well, Crunch was, Bars. The Crunch Bars were amazing. Like they had like little like Raptors and everything on it. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, there was even like a television show called like Land of the Lost. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember that. I'm not talking about the terrible movie with like Will Ferrell from <laughs> no. ten years ago. No, no, I, I remember. I I do remember it. Um, it has been a while, and um, gosh, when was that? Nineties or was that eighties? Uh, Land of the Lost debuted in fall of nineteen ninety one. Okay. Reruns were picked up by Nickelodeon from ninety five to ninety seven. Okay, yeah, there it is. I'm seeing some pictures. There we go. Man, you're you're taking me down memory lane. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I like it, dude. Just saying. But um, well, very cool. Um, so yeah, you have like this this ver- this sweet spot with um, you know, like late night Star Trek. Did did your mom and your brother watch it with you, you and your dad, or no? Uh, I think my brother would watch some of it, but my mom, no. It wasn't it's not something that interested her. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, so I know that, like, you never missed an episode of Voyager, and with your dad saying something along the lines of, hey, new Star Trek, um, did did he end up watching, like, Voyager and even, like, Deep Space Nine and stuff like that with you? <clears throat> I don't remember watching Deep Space Nine like ever. Okay. Like, like ever <laughs> until <laughs> I actually sat down. Until I maybe saw some of those Spike TV, right. um, um, you know, reruns, reruns that yeah. you that you that you were that you where you caught TNG. Yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, we watched some TNG reruns, like you know maybe the same channel that was playing the original series reruns. Okay. And listen, listen, for those of you that don't know, reruns, right? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this is you, gold right here. If you didn't get out your big VHS tape <laughs> and record the episode, sometimes television shows would replay the episode later on 
and it was hit or miss. You didn't know what episode you were going to get. That's right. And you didn't know when they were going to happen. That's right. And since they were airing right. them again, they were rerunning them. God damn, man. You couldn't just immediately turn on whatever episode you wanted the at only any time of day. Dude, so like the only, I think I'm, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, with Spike TV, I, I looked back and I'm pretty sure they did play those episodes in order. Like, the, oh, they play like, they, they play like, you know, three or four blocks of, or uh, three, three or four, you know, episodes at a time. And uh, so like, yeah, you're pretty much watching it in order. But yeah, like, I can remember when I was a kid, and wondering what am I going to get next? Well, with um, I suppose with talking, um, you know, arena uh, today, you know, we've recently um, experienced the Gorn in Strange New Worlds with Memento um, Mori, and but th- this there have been a total of like three or four appearances outright. In, I guess, televised Trek, right? Like we've we've seen them, you know, in the Mirror Universe with Enterprise. Of course, we've seen them now in Strange New Worlds. Uh, their very first appearance, which we're going to be talking about in Arena, season one of original series, and of course, um, in one particular episode of the animated series. And they've also shown up in like books and video games and comics and stuff like that. And perhaps it's because people are gaga over dinosaurs or dinosaur-looking aliens or something, like Eric was whenever he was little. Um, but I guess of these, like, three or four, maybe this is an unfair question to ask you, Eric, but I'm going to ask anyway. What has been your favorite, your preferred, your whatever appearance of the Gorn in televised Star Trek so far? Well, I mean... <clears throat> I've seen the animated series once. I don't remember that episode. Like, I, I just I just don't remember the animated series, like, really at all. Okay. Um, Enterprise, while I do enjoy In a Mirror Darkly, like, that Gorn is, like, it's a, almost like a blink and you miss it. Right? It's not really what that episode is about. <clears throat> Memento Mori is a fantastic episode of television. Like, mm-hmm. we were all three of us, you, me, and David, were ecstatic over it um but you never actually see a gorn right but also that episode is two weeks old we've had two weeks to enjoy that episode right mm-hmm. you know where i've had what 28 years to enjoy arena i've seen it more than twice <laughs> Right. Just more, there's, more than twice. There, yeah, there's something endearing about you know an, an episode. You know, we throw out these word classics all the time. Like this is a classic. This is a classic. But like, season one of the original series has a lot of classic episodes, and maybe it's just because they're old. But we remember them still today. Like, how many episodes of like Strange New Worlds are we gonna remember? 50 years from now. I think we're going to remember Memento Mori. I I do. I think we're going to remember that episode 50 years from now. Mm -hmm. But, like, how many episodes? Like, we remember Arena 50 years later. People still, yeah, Kirk fought the Gorn in the Metrons. Made him do it. And he built an improvised explosive device, right? Like, we remember that 50 years later. Mm -hmm. And I think there's there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's something about, like, a bamboo cannon that just makes things iconic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> With, like, random bits of powder and rock. and it's Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And it's it's freaking Barney in a toga, for crying out loud. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Not to reduce the Gorn down to Barney, but let's, let's, let's just let's get real here, okay? Like, it's, it's Barney in a toga. <laughs> very vicious looking Barney in a, in a toga, by the way. So, you know, for me, um, I mean, I think it, I think it has to be arena, but like, there's just something about not seeing the Gorn that I think just makes it very, um, appealing. 
too, you know, like, of course, like, that episode, like you said, came out just recently. Like, we've just had it on our palate. So, um, so yeah, like, there, there, there might be, like, some bias, like, for some, you know, because it's, it's so recent. But I like the fact that, you know, in this particular episode we're going to be talking about, like, you see them as, like, this intimidating figure. Um, like, this very savage kind of species or whatever um but i think it kind of like what how it kind of ends up is like trying to understand but i really like seeing like the viciousness kind of like dialed up to 11 um in in strange new worlds um i thought that was really well done and got and you really got to see like how intimidating the gorn can be when they're in their own element so um with that Let's let's dive in and like let's let's talk a little bit about about Arena, the season one episode of the original series. So this is a um, an early-ish. I mean, depending on like production order, how you look at it, um, and whatnot. But it's an early-ish episode of of, of uh, season one. And in this particular episode, just kind of like a little drive-by fruiting, like we're being invited basically um, by a commodore to come. Um, hang out and um, you know have a have a good meal and talk about some things on this planet called Cestus Three, and so we we set course we go there and we take down um, an away team to meet up with the Commodore and this amazing chef of his, and immediately upon landing, something ain't right. There's ruins. There's smoke. There's ashes. There's one random person that's sitting by a pile of rubble. And scorch marks all over the ground. Scorch marks all over the place. So immediately, Kirk, you know, hails the or con, you know contacts the ship, contacts the Enterprise, is like red alert, stuff's going down, basically. And we just see these, we we see this like fight, kind of very brief fight, kind of go back and forth just a little bit. Um, we do see like one particular lieutenant just be completely obliterated by a random ray gun of something red light basically just phew, see you later and uh, there is like some kind of like grenade launcher rocket launcher that is used on this planet and after a little while of just trying to stay alive including Spock running very dramatically across the field uh, we all eventually make it back to the Enterprise and um, come across this random ship um, that's kind of out there um, near near this colony and we, we don't know who they are. We don't know really what's going on. And um, we have this, you know, cosmic entity, the Metrons, that end up showing up and saying, oh, so y'all want to be grievously savage races of some sorts. Okay, cool. Let's send you to the holodeck. But it's not really the holodeck. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a planet that's, li that, that's life-sustaining for the pair of y'all. And let's, let's see what happens. Let's, let's y'all fight to the death. That is a very drive-by fruiting. You're welcome. I know we would be. <laughs> I know we'd be doing it forever. Um, but, but I think this is like really where the meat and potatoes of stuff comes down. Is we well, get yeah, down. I, we get down to it. I think there. I think there are some important things to talk about right before we get there. It's like, <clears throat> you know, when they're down on the planet, we don't see the attacking enemy right at that on Cestus Three. They're kind of like they're hidden. They're unknown. You know, Kirk's like. You know, Sulu, beam us up to the beam us up to the ship. He's like, we can't. We're under attack by some ship in orbit. You know, our shields are up. We can't beam you up. He's like, all right, all right. Take care of them. Wait, wait to beam us up. Finally, you know, the 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 ship chases off, and and we're up back up on the ship. And Kirk is like, why would they do this? Like, and this is again one of the old things, like. Well, the Enterprise is the only ship in the area. <laughs> of course. Of <laughs> you know, course. It's, yeah, but, like, the Enterprise is the only ship in the area. If you destroy this colony and you destroy the Enterprise, the Federation will be open for to invasion. And that, that, has, to be, that has to be what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And Spock's like, ah, man, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. No. It has to be. Kirk's like, this has to be a prelude to invasion. And so we cannot let this Gorn ship, or we don't even know it's Gorn. We cannot let this unknown ship make it back to its home world. So yep. lay in pursuit. Go to warp <coughs> six. Uh, Captain, they've matched speed. 
Go to warp seven. Whoa, warp seven? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it. Go to warp. Go to warp eight. Captain, we we we, I, we we're giving her all she's got. We cannot go to warp eight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fly their ship apart. Yeah, he's like he's like, and Spock's like, Captain, do you mean to destroy them? He's like, Yes, I do. And Spock's like, Maybe if they just see how much we're willing to pursue them, you know, that'll be enough to like deter them. He's like, No, no, I'm dead set on destroying this ship. Kirk is like, he's like. It's like he's hot for him. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and then yeah, then we get we get slowed down by we're entering some region of space that we don't know anything about, and the other ship is slowed down, and we're slowed down as well. And yeah, we are the Metrons. You know, you're not civilized. Your intent is violence. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll let you be violent. We'll give you mm-hmm. one-on-one combat. You and the captain of the ship you're pursuing. That's right. So then, yeah, then we then there's just this random. But that is like half of the episode, though. Yeah, you're right. Because it's like tw- almost 25 minutes before we get down to the planet. Yeah, which is crazy. So here's the thing. Um, I was watching this while I was uh, while my wife and daughter were out running errands. So it was just you know the boys at at home watching it, and. My, my my wee lad was like starting to uh, need a little bit more attention so I had to actually stop it like right around like minute 30 32 which is essentially when we're finally getting to the arena we're getting to the planet that Kirk and or this you know space this whatever that you know Kirk and, and the the Gorn are, are on uh, for their fight but you know like the actual like skirmish itself really isn't that long. It's like 10-15 minutes in the grand scheme of things, which is kind of crazy to me. And then of course like there's like maybe 5-ish, 10-ish minutes there at the end of like the moral of the story and you know what do we do next? But we'll more on that later. Um yeah, like we we were there and we we're, we're seeing each other face to face. Uh, we're like Kirk and the Gorner are seeing each other face to face, and it's a matter of survival, right? Like that's what we're being told. Like we got like only one of us is going to live because we're, you know, we're uncivilized. Like we we have like these thoughts, these feelings, these whatevers about how we treat others, type of thing. So yeah, and and I and I love this this. You know, Kirk is very dedicated in his captain's logs, right? Even in this episode, he's very dedicated to keeping a log. <laughs> yes. He's in a life and death fight, but I'm gonna keep a log. But like his first log, he you know, he comes down, he's like, Like most humans, I seem to have an instinctive revulsion to reptiles. Is that true? Do you have an instinctive revulsion to reptiles? I mean, I hate snakes. I mean, yeah, I do hate snakes too. But like, the lizards are fine. Yeah, a little, a little, I don't mind like a little gecko, like you know, crawl on my arm. That's fine. Anyway, I must fight to remember that this is an intelligent, highly advanced individual, the captain of a starship like myself. Undoubtedly, a dangerously clever opponent. Yeah. Yeah, that's to remind you. Even though this looks like a monster, right? Mm-hmm. And you know. And, you know, La'an, Noonien, Singh calls the Gorn monsters. You know, they're intelligent. They're an intelligent warp species, right? And Absolutely. they're skilled at, you know, they've got to have intelli- enough intelligence to create a warp civilization. So don't just think it's big and dumb. That's the thing. Okay, so that bring you bring up a, a pretty interesting point on that. Like, just some of the... Like, just think about, like, some of, like, the species that we've experienced in the whole of, of Star Trek. Like, all of them, even, like, the Packlets, right, have been able to figure out faster than light travel. Well, did the Packlets figure it out, or did they buy it or steal it? I mean, they're, they, they're, pretty, they're pretty cunning, man. I mean, they, <laughs> they're pretty clever, you know? Like, we're smart... We want to go fast. Make us go fast. Red alarm. 
Red alarm. (laughs) (laughs) But still, like, yeah, like, the Gorn. Like, you know, we just, especially in this one, like, our, our first, our first, and really our only, like, our truly only experience with them is this. Like, where we just see them, you know, in a toga, like, ready to, like, throw down. You know, and like yeah. kill Kirk, and but yet, but yes, they are they are an intelligent species. Like this this guy has like leadership capability. He's the freaking captain of of a Gorn starship for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might look like it might be some unintentional comedy, right? How it's like the guy in this big rubber lizard suit who moves really slow. <laughs> like it's like he like moves. a zombie. Uh, yeah, and it is it, it is a little, it was a little funny to watch to watch yeah. him lumber over and try to attack Kirk at a couple Ugh. of moments, but Ugh. like, Ugh. but yeah, he it's an intelligence. He's the captain of a of a starship. You know what did he have to go through to become the cap? Did he have to go through his own Gorn Academy, right? Maybe his own training academy. Did he have to earn his dues? As a lower decker, it's possible, unless yeah. he just like you know, clawed another Gorn captain and became captain. Yeah, maybe he did that. Or maybe it was like kind of like designated survivor style, like where he was the only living Gorn. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. You're in charge now. Welcome to uh, leadership in the Gorn hegemony. Let's go. Okay, enough of that. But okay, so yeah. They're, they're like really assessing each other, and they're like starting their fight. And Kirk, after just a little bit, just starts to flee and like regroup. And um, yeah, and he's told they're told by the Metrons before they get down here that there will be weapons, or there will be the materials to make weapons. Yeah, the Metrons, the creatures that sent us both here, said that the surface of the planet provides the raw materials to construct weapons. There's very little here. Uh, scrub brush, rocks, an abundance of mineral deposits, but no weapons in the conventional sense. Still, I need to find one. Bare-handed against the Gorn, I have no chance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, he's like, roaming around while the Gorn is, like, doing, like, their own zombie walk, right? And he's, like, noticing, like, these different things, you know, like, diamonds and different kinds of powders and stuff that are just kind of there. Um, but he he goes like Wiley Coyote um, on the Gorn at one point. Can I say that? That's okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes freaking yeah. Wiley Coyote on him. He goes to the top and like he, he, you know, gets a boulder. A very realistic looking boulder, I might add. And just like launches it and like uses gravity like to, you know, launch it down at him. And seemingly crushes his enemy with a boulder. Let's go check it out, Eric. Let's go check it out. Not, hey, Enterprise, beam me out. No, let's go check it out. He gets down there and, oh my gosh, he's alive. Oh my gosh, he's alive. He survived a boulder crushing him. Sweet. I'm going to run away and not pay attention to things in front of me. Yeah, he runs away. And this is like the Gorn is a clever opponent, too, because the Gorn has, like, used vines or whatever, almost almost like uh, to, you know, to like a tripwire. And he trips Kirk and boulders fall on Kirk, and now he's trapped underneath the rocks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, again, this is like the Gorn is not a dummy. No. I mean, like we saw in Strange New Worlds you know, not too long ago, like Laon pointed it out that yeah, they are going to you know, make you fight so you can deplete all your resources so that they're that much easier um, you know, th- so it's that much easier for them to overtake you. And we do see that strategy in a very primitive sense, but we see that strategy even here in this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something to keep in mind. But like when Kirk is trapped underneath that rock, like that Gorn had him dead to rights, but he moved again. He was moving so slow. Right, right. 
and that's the reason why. Kirk had the agility, as he says in one of his laws, <laughs> and that's what allowed him. Agility was on his side, and that's what allowed him to get out. <laughs> okay, so it's it's a lot. It's around this time that he that Kirk is starting to notice some things, starting to you know put some pieces together for the most part of like what these raw materials are, what it can mean, and how it can you know use them how he can use these resources um, and at the same time um, Spock is um, essentially calling out to these Metrons to you know try and appeal or do something you know, just get their attention and in doing so um, the Metrons are noticing like oh shoot y'all have compassion for one another so okay fine I'll let y'all watch I'll let y'all watch this episode of what's going on I'll let y'all watch you know Celebrity Deathmatch on your view screen. It'll be fine. And we do. We see it, and Spock's like, okay, come on, Kirk, you got this. Like, we all, you know, we all talk to the TV screen, like, with our with our sports teams, with our favorite characters in an episode. Do that, Don't come open on. that door. No. Don't open that door. Look you behind doing? you. Look behind you. <laughs> Absolutely. And... Kirk is Kirk is starting to figure it out. He's he's really figuring it out. He's like, oh, wait a second. I need bamboo. I need a launcher. Um, and at one point, he's saying stuff like, um, a large deposit of diamonds on the surface, perhaps the hardest substance known in the universe, beautifully crystallized and pointed, but too small to be useful as a weapon. Incredible fortune in stones, yet I would trade them all for a hand phaser or a good solid club, yet the Metron said there would be weapons if I could find them. Where, what kind? And then goes on to say, this may be my last entry. I'm almost exhausted unless I find the weapon the Metron mentioned. So, I mean, like, we're, we're assuming that we're going to find, like, a phaser, a phase rifle, a dagger, you know, something. Like a stick of dynamite. <clears throat> yeah, but, like, the Gorn has made, like, a dagger out of, out of something. Some right. rock or some mineral. Yeah. Yeah, we see that. Um, and this place is a mineralogist's dream. Um, there's something about sulfur, something very old, something if only I could remember, and he eventually does remember. Yeah, in terms of and then like, he also finds potassium nitrate, which he tastes. <laughs> anyway, it's like, like, dude. Okay, have you ever like known what something is and like just tasted it, like to, like to make sure you know what it is? Like bleach. Oh, that's bleach. <laughs> or. You know, thinking like, oh yeah, that's blood. <laughs> Definitely blood. Well, it's like it's like in like movies and TV shows. You see the cops go in and they find a little baggie, and they like open it up and they stick their finger in there and they taste it. Yep, definitely cocaine. Like no cop would ever oh, do no that in real that. life. No one, no cop would ever do that in real life. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, Kirk starts crushing and combining stuff, like collecting ingredients. And by the way, dude, this is just like a tiny little nitpick, just ever so tiny. But like, the the, the thing is like open at both ends. I know. And he, <laughs> when he pours stuff in, it it doesn't, it doesn't fall happen. out. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't fall out. Um. Okay. So yeah, he's like crushing things. He's gathering things, and you know he's getting his little cannon ready. Um, that he, he kind of sees the Gorn, kind of, I think. Or we're led to, maybe led to believe he sees the Gorn. And, you know, up on the Enterprise, like, I think Uhura is asking, like, can he make it? Or can he and do Spock, it? And Spock's like, if he has time. If only he has the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I have another nitpick. Okay. And this is my nitpick. He rips off... Um, I think it was like a part of his um, his trousers, right? To um, you know, catch a spark, and to um, you know, eventually, like have that serve as like the um, like the trigger, the the ignition, whatever for um, for the um, imp- the, the improvised explosive device that he's he's doing. So I've tried doing stuff like that. You know, with um, like flint and steel, or just in general. Like, here's the thing: 
I think you you might have you might know this, Eric, but uh, once upon a time I used to work in the outdoor skills area of summer camp. Uh, one year I was outdoor skills staff, another year I was the outdoor skills director, and one of the things that we taught in uh, both the camping merit badge as well as the wilderness survival merit badge was this like how to create fires, um, like how to but without like a match basically. Um, and like there would be like the like the thing that you see like with like sticks like rubbing sticks together it's way more complicated than just rubbing sticks together and doing like um, like flint and steel it's a lot it's a lot more complicated than just striking you know some like like cutting off like pieces of like your bar and like trying to get that to to catch there's this thing called um, char cloth I don't know if you've ever heard of char cloth or not Eric I don't think so so char cloth and the way that you make char cloth, and I love this, by the way, um, it's one of my favorite fire starters, um, especially when I want to feel fancy. Um, so char cloth, you typically will take, um, you can use like canvas. Um, in some cases, you can use cotton. And what you do is you'll put it like in a tin. Like we would always use something like a, like an Altoids kind of can and like poke a hole in it so like steam can come out. And what you're doing is you're essentially heating up your infusing basically the the piece of cloth that you can put like in a bird's nest like you know made of like binders twine or something like that baylor's twine and it'll catch and like that's your fire starter so like you put the char cloth in you create sparks the sparks hit the char cloth and that's how you do it so it basically has to be treated cloth is really what i'm getting at okay so like the fact that he's just like taking his like communication device which by the way the gorn was hearing everything he was saying the whole time and trying to do that I was like, I'm sure it could be done, but it would be way difficult for him to do that the way that he did. Like, yeah. char cloth is the way to do it. Like, that is, like, the appropriate way to, to catch a spark and to start a fire that way. That's my only nitpick. I'll stop. Now. That's okay. Anyway, you know, it's, it's again, like, we often think of Kirk as his, like, this action hero who fights his way out and does his Kirk foo and his... Chops, right? Oh, oh, and he does his like lunging jump kicks, right? <laughs> but like, like that's not the way he he gets his way out of this. He's no. able to to get his way out of this situation by using his brain, right? And thinking and and building this improvised explosive device, right? right. And he uses it to shoot the Gorn, right? Shoot the create a spark to shoot diamonds out of this and you know as such the gorn is uh, incapacitated rendered, yeah rendered incapacitated and we see kirk going in to essentially deliver the final blow and i mean he starts to put it in him but he doesn't like press down and yeah. like he's like he has this moment of conscious like no i'm not gonna kill you not gonna, not gonna do that. Not today. To which yeah. the Metrons notice, and they're like, you know, maybe there is something about you. Maybe there is like this potential. Mm-hmm. You know, um, th- this this potential that that you have. Um, and then they say, um, the Metron says to Kirk, by sparing your helpless enemy who surely would have destroyed you, you demonstrated the advanced trait of mercy, something we hardly expected. Yeah. There's like a lesson in there. There's all there's always a lesson. Yeah, but it's like you know, sometimes, you know, your your enemy might not show mercy to you, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to go down to their level. Like you, you know, mercy, compassion, these are things that can help elevate us above like our enemy. 100%. And as a result, they basically call Kirk and, you know, the human race a promising species a promising species yep yeah so we uh, we we end up making it back to the enterprise and having like everything's like all smiles and yay the episode's over type of thing and yeah but but there's there's one more thing about this episode like mm-hmm. um you know in memento mori like laan they try to make gorn like just like the ultimate personification of evil like that's like how they're trying to portray them and La'an is like 
you know, Starfleet teaches us that if we can understand our, 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 you know, our enemy or whatever, that we can learn compassion and understanding. We can reach some mutual ground. But the Gorn are just monsters, and there's no, there's no like reasoning with them here. And you know, this episode posits, hey, well, the Gorn attacked a, a Federation outpost, and uh, and it has to be a prelude for invasion. Right, that has to be their motive here, and Kirk is like dead set on that. That they're gonna invade, and uh, and like we're we're seeing this uh, the Gorn attack Kirk, you know, he wanting to kill him. Right. But like the Gorn is like, listen, this was our territory. You established a colony in our territory. You were the invaders, and from our perspective. We're you're you're invading our territory, and then like as as they're seeing this back up on the ship, McCoy and Spock are talking. And McCoy's like, "Can that be true?" Spock's like, "We know very little about this section of the galaxy. It might possibly be true." And 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 then McCoy's like, "Well, then we were maybe we were in the wrong." And Spock's like, "Yeah, maybe that's something for diplomats to do." And McCoy's like, yeah, the Gorn. Maybe the Gorn were just protecting themselves, you know? And so it's like we're so often conditioned to think of Starfleet as the good guys. But, like, maybe we're not the good guys here. Maybe we were in the wrong. Yeah. I think that's also a good message to take away from this episode. Yeah. And even Kirk says that, you know, whenever he's, he's you know, about to deliver the final blow, you know, it's like maybe you were just trying to protect yourself. Maybe that's all this really was type of thing yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I mean I mean, think we can any of us all of us can do great good but we can also do great terrible things as well mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of I don't know how we see it how we choose to see it and do we choose to um, you know better ourselves to, to continue to try and improve and to try and seek understanding with the people around us, regardless of and what's that, going and on, and that's the whole point of Star Trek. And, yep. and like, can we can we communicate and can we come to an understanding with species that think differently than we do, that have different like values and behaviors than mm-hmm. we do? Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go, man. Good, that's good, it. good Star Trek message at the end. You know, hundred percent. It's not just the episode. Kirk fights the Gorn, right? <laughs> right. Right? It's it's Kirk fights the Gorn, but maybe there's something to be learned from from your enemy from your quote unquote enemy here. I think it's I mean I, I'm, I'm I am going to come back to like the fight itself for just a moment, but yeah, like it's a great message, but the thing I really like is the fact that it's an intelligent fight. Yes. Right? It's not just like Kirk Fu, you know, it's not just like a, a, a palm punch or anything like that. Like, we actually have to think, like, almost survivor style, like, how we're going to defend ourselves, how we're going to survive to live another day, essentially. And we, we're using the resources around us, you know, like, where, where are these weapons the Metrons are talking about? Well, they're, they're right there, just pick up some rocks and some, you know, potassium nitrate and, you know, go to town with it, you know? So, I mean, that's something I really like too. Like that there weren't, there wasn't just like a weapons cache somewhere, like in a locker, you know, to pick up and go pew pew. There wasn't just a cornucopia that you ran to to get your supplies from. (laughs) I see what you did there. Well done. Yeah, that's right. Well, any, um, any other final thoughts? No, I just I think this is this is a classic episode. Um, you know, it seems like we're making the Gorn out to be the bad guys in Strange New Worlds. I I mean, I don't know necessarily how I feel about that because like, were the Gorn bad guys in this episode? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just a misunderstanding. But it doesn't seem like we're coming to a misunderstanding in Strange New Worlds. Yeah. I mean. For the Klingons, the Klingons were the big bad for Kirk. Yes. So I could be more okay 
with the Gorn being the big bad for Pike. Okay. I could live with that. Sure. So. All right. I can't remember if we rate if we rate this or not, or if we just move on. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we should rate the classic. Let's not. Episodes. Let's not there's, do that. There's a it's a perfect time. It's an eleven. Nostal- I mean, there's, there's the nostalgia tinge to it that'll always like. Yeah. yeah of course, this is a ten, right? You of know, course. Nine point eight, right? Ten point one. It's fine. It's fine. You know. Nine point <laughs> nine point eight, right? Yeah, sure. Of course, because it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, I hope you all enjoyed like our little trip down memory lane with that nostalgic episode. Um, Star Trek the original series talking um, arena before we get out of here though let's talk about the most important part of this show the Twitter poll all right Eric you know you know what I do I poll the people of the Twitterverse and um, you know to be on brand this time um, I asked them this very important question you ready for it okay okay here we go if you could have the Gorn show up in a substantial role in another fandom, which fandom would it be? Doctor Who, Farscape, Stargate, Star Wars. Let me read okay, that again. Well, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but like, don't they have like a Gorn-type species in Star Wars already? No, but there's like those green people that are like there's some guards in Jabba's palace, right? They're basically like green-looking guys, dino, almost dinosaur-like. This is why we, we need David here to answer that oh. question. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can ask him another day. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think there almost are. So, and like, do the Unas maybe play the role of the Gorn in Stargate? Maybe. Okay, so so you said. So repeat the question and the choices. Okay, so if you could have the Gorn show up in a substantial role in another fandom, which fandom would it be? Doctor Who, Farscape, Stargate, Star Wars. Okay, okay I, I don't know anything about Doctor Who. I li- I, he's a time lord. He's thousands of years old, right? I don't know what he does as a time. What's his job? To pro- is his job to protect the timeline? I, I don't know. What like the bad guys of the Daleks? Do they trying to destroy the time? I don't know. So I don't know how the Gorn would fit into there. Um, I feel like the Gorn would fit into Star Wars, right? There, okay. you know, as like an aggressive. You know, I feel like there's something you could do with them in there. Um, it's more of a lawless galaxy, right? Um, Shots fired. You know, Stargate. I mean, there. Ah, Farscape. I'm trying to think. Is there something similar to the Gorn in Farscape? I don't think so. I, Farscape's not going to be the answer to this question. I think it's too obscure okay. for most people. <laughs> like, I love Farscape. Have you ever seen Farscape? I've seen a little bit of it. I haven't seen all I of love it. Far, I love yeah. Farscape. It's really fantastic. Uh, talk about a show that like got canceled on the cliffhanger, though. Oh, my God. But then it got it got redeemed. It got the miniseries to bring it back. So that was good. Because if, it, if Farscape didn't get the Peacekeeper Wars miniseries to end it up, that's like the biggest cliffhanger series cancellation ever in my opinion um i'm just gonna go with star wars and we'll call that we'll call that good all right all right eric's locking it in with star wars final answer yes all right so let's go to the results so coming in in last place with 4.3 percent of the vote is farscape yeah, I figured that. I just think I just don't know if enough people have seen Farscape. Sure. Coming in in third place with 21.7% of the vote, Star Wars. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess people are thinking there's already those green guys and, you know, the, whatever they are. The Trandoshans, yeah. What are, who, the Trandoshans? Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm 
That's the one I'm thinking of. All right. Okay. So Keep it's coming going. down to Doctor Who and Stargate. Okay. So this was like split decision, by the way. Like these were so close, it's not even funny. That's kind of funny. I guess. All right. With 34.8% of the vote coming in in second place. Stargate, which means 39.1% of the vote went to Doctor Who. There we go. There we go. Man, that would be terrifying having the Gorn in Doctor Who. I'm just saying, that would be terrifying. (sighs) Okay, the Trandoshans, like that bounty hunter. Yeah. That's not who I was thinking of. Well, they also. I was thinking of the Gamorrean. Yeah. The Trandoshans, like. I mean, the Trandoshans were the ones I was thinking of just because of, um, what was it, like Clone Wars and like Bad Batch, I think, that they show up. Okay, um, I haven't seen Bad Batch. Yeah. But I was thinking of the Gamorreans. Like, there's a Gamorrean, like, guard at Jabba's palace in um, Return of the Jedi. Mm. Oh, yeah, and they're the ones that are, like, doing, like, uh, pro wrestling at the beginning of Mando, season two. Yes. There we go. Okay, Eric. That's it, man. We did it. We talked classic Trek. We we have our, our Trekkie card back. Or I got Yay. mine back at least. So. Yay. Yeah, we're not failures. We're going to have more um, classic Star Trek um, coming y'all's way. We'll probably, um, Eric and I have been talking about it. Uh, we'll probably do like another classic episode next month and the following month, uh, just depending on how um, um, motivated we are to do it. <laughs> Basically, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like I think the general idea at this point is to throw in some uh, some more classic Trek in the very near future. So, if you're a classic Trek fan, um, you, you like enjoying you, you enjoy hearing us talk um, about classic episodes, classic stories. Fear not, it is a coming. So, um, Eric, as always, thank you for uh, for stopping by, hanging out, talking Trek with me. Always appreciate it, bud. What did y'all think? Yeah. All y'all on all y'all in listener land. Uh, what y'all think of um, Arena? Is it like um, on a scale of 1 to 10, is it an 11? Or on a scale of 1 to 10, is it like a 1? If it's a 1, we need to talk. I'm just saying, man, we need to talk. Have some conversations. We need like a, a come-to-Kirk meeting or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, but in all seriousness, though, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear your thoughts on Arena, like what you thought of it. Like even like if, if your first um, you know exposure to Star Trek was Arena, please let us know, please. Um if you want to get in contact with us check us out we're on all the things facebook instagram and twitter all at trtv pod you can also open up hailing frequencies and send us a, um, a message entering coordinates to trtv pod at gmail.com also voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 there's a three minute limit so please be quick about it before the metrons interfere um, finally if you do want to mail us something like diamonds I'm cool with getting diamonds. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Send me some diamonds. Let's go, somebody. Send us some diamonds. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go 